Oh, good morning, everyone. Yeah, good to have you today. And um, today the message we're going to talk about is something that, how come some of the things in the Bible are there so much and there all the time and we kind of just skim over them? But one of them is, is tongues. So I'm going to give you some scriptures on it. Then we're going to have Daniel come and share about what that has done in his life. Okay? So I'm going to start with Mark 16, 17. And it says, These signs will accompany those who believe. These are supposed to accompany us. In my name they will drive out demons. Do we hear a lot about that today? How many churches are doing that today? You know, the Bible, Jesus talks about that all the time. Physical things, spiritual things, demons. But you know what? Um, you know how they, they, they're smart. You know how they hide in the United States? We're not here. It's a figment of your imagination. It's just not, doesn't make sense and so on. No? Yeah? Done deliverance on people. I don't talk about it much. We'll talk about it more. To set people free. Because they're real. They will speak in new tongues. So this is another gift. One of the first things that Jesus talks about would be signs. And then in Acts 2, 4, when the Holy Spirit fell and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It's as the Holy Spirit gave them as they spoke in other languages. And we all know about this one because People were there in Jerusalem from all over the world, and they heard people speaking in their own language. And so they were stunned. How can these Galileans know all our tongues? And I've heard of this many times, where someone is speaking in tongues, and somebody else says, you're speaking in ancient high German, you know, somebody who studies that or something like that. Or in missionaries in Africa hear guys worshiping in tongues in perfect English. So these things, yeah, they happen. But I want to talk to you about another gift or more gifts that this has for us so acts 6 uh, 19 6 says when paul placed his hands on them people who accepted christ the holy spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied prophecy is another one we don't do too much anymore but they spoke in tongues when he laid hands on them the holy spirit came so it's one of the main things that happens 1 Corinthians 13.1, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, it's in tongues of this earth and tongues in the spirit, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Love is the only reason why you would use it, that you just love and for God or you're praying for someone else, because without that, it's just self but he talks about two different kinds now. One that would be for uh, evangelism, and one is between you and God. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14.2 and then 14.4. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. So he's talking about a different kind now. It's not for evangelism, but you're communicating with God. You know, 
since people won't be able to understand you. They don't understand your language. It doesn't make sense if it's not for evangelism, if you're talking between you and God. It's your, your spirit. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, so that's by the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Nobody else will understand what you're saying. So this is just between you and God. And in verse 4, he continues, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Now, this is another side to it that we don't usually focus on, is that it will strengthen you personally. It will edify you. It'll build you up, in other words, in your soul. It'll strengthen us. And that's why this is a gift that is great, because you know, in times like these, yeah, we need strengthening in our souls, in our spirit, like we, we talked about this morning, so that the light of Jesus is what surrounds us instead of what we see in the world, and how that changes everything. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And so, you know, because He gives us free choice, a free will. And if we don't believe it, we don't believe His word, then that's our free will. He wants to always be there with us like the father of the prodigal son waiting for us to come home, but we have our free will. We have to choose. So it says a person is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So he's speaking in a language that the people can understand. Okay, And you, you're speaking the word of God that way. So you have here different things that God says are signs. Yeah? of people of his that have the Holy Spirit in them, casting out demons, speaking in tongues, and prophecy. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 to 15. You can read all of 14 if you want. I'm just shortening it for time. Continuing on in that chapter, he says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. This is a really important point. Because our minds, you know, think we know what is right. We think we know what it's supposed to do. Or sometimes we don't know. You know, praying for someone and I don't know what's wrong. And just praying in the spirit because my mind doesn't know. Or my mind will limit God to what I think. So it's a controlling thing. And, you know, actually what I found, because, uh, you know, it was difficult for me to speak in tongues at first. And one of the main reasons that the Lord showed me, there's several uh, reasons, but for me it was, see, I had, because it bypasses your mind, and, uh, you know, we are mental people. <laughs> we, everything is our mind, right? We're mental in the West. In other places around the world, like a, this native elder told me, you Western people, you value mind first, emotion second, spirit last. That's what she told me. We native people, we value spirit first, emotion second, mind last. Yeah? That's why a lot of times they say, they don't want the education that we have. Uh, you know, why don't they want to do that? Well, I went to college prep courses all my life. And when I finally got my house, I was like, I, don't, I wish I took carpentry, I wish I took electricity, I wish I took auto mechanics. I didn't know what to do, and all the stuff I learned in my college prep courses, I never used. I mean, so what? I can win at Jeopardy. Yeah? 
fill my mind with all this stuff and not the Spirit. Because you know what? Once you start following the Spirit, you find out He's not logical. Yeah, He's not logical. In the sense, He's logical in God's sense, but not in ours all the time. He'll ask you to do things and you say, but I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the skills, I don't have... But if we listen to Him and walk, you'll see that He meets us. And actually, He wants us like that. You know why? Then you think, not think in my mind, I know, I know how to do it, I can do it, I don't need you, God, then, right? So a lot of times, He's illogical to my mind, but He's always met me when I've done what He asked me to do. So it says, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand. And I realized that, see, there was a time in my life that, you know, in elementary school where I just spoke something out emotionally and everybody laughed at me because I didn't think about it first. And then I made a vow in my life that I would never speak without thinking first. And see, then the Lord doesn't go over my free will because I, I'm not going to say anything out of my mouth without thinking, because I got hurt. And that's going to protect me from getting hurt again. Like I said, our non-Christian selves is all about getting what we want and stopping ourselves from getting hurt again. So I've made that in my life. And I think probably a lot of you have too. And we need to renounce and say, God, I want to speak whatever you want me to speak. And then you free him. And that's why it's hard. But you know what? Because this is for you and your edification, you don't have to do it in front of anybody else. So you can start out doing it by yourself first. Until you have that confidence, you know that's his spirit speaking maybe, and he tells you to. But most of the time, it's this part of it, this part of the tongues, is to strengthen your soul as spirit to spirit. You commune with God. Or you're praying for people and you don't know what the problem is. But God knows. Your spirit knows. And... That's what you use it for. So, I will pray in the Spirit, and I also will pray in words. I understand, as pray both. I will sing in the Spirit, and I also sing in words I understand. This is Paul. So we do both, he's saying. And then he continues, uh, 14.5a, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. And in verse 18 of the same chapter, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Why does he want this for us? You know, a lot of people, like Daniel and I, we got it and then, you know, what is this good for? What is it, you know? So what, I got it, now what? And didn't use it. And uh, why would Paul say, I wish everyone would speak in tongues? What for? I don't know, got it, and then what? Okay, whatever. I didn't use it. I didn't use it, so because Why? Why would this be so important to Paul that he wants everybody and he thanks God that he speaks in tongues more than any of anybody else? Why? So that's why I'm going to ask Daniel to share. He's, uh, for all us mental people, he's an engineer. So <laughs> have someone like that share. <laughs> um, Steve? Purple. Thank you, Good. Thank you uh, Pastor Daniel, and it's my privilege, and I'm humbled by being able to share with all of you my testimony today. Um, by the way, I wanted to uh, special attention to Daryl Watanabe. 
He played a very big role in my becoming a Christian. He doesn't realize it. Today is the first time he's hearing it. But in fact, he brought me to this church when I believe I was in intermediate school, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, very talented guy. Um, but anyway, today I want to get right into it because, uh, because I'm under the, I'm under the time here. But uh, I became a Christian in 1984, one year after I graduated from college. And about a year after that, about a year after that, someone asked me this question, do you speak in tongues? And when I heard that question, I just didn't know how to respond. I didn't know about tongues. But very soon after that, I really was very curious about it, and I really wanted it badly. I wanted this this ability to, to speak in tongues, but I just had no idea. But I, I recall back in the day, so this is like about 1985, 86, I recall that when I used to go to bed at night, I wanted this gift so badly, but I didn't know quite how to receive it. Or just before going to sleep, I would lift my arms to the ceiling and I would be praying, God, please, I want to receive this gift I want to receive this speaking in tongues. But let me tell you, it wasn't until about a year later, I was at a church retreat. And it was just a wonderful retreat. Many people had repented. People came to uh, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But after that meeting, we were all by the waterside. And this was at a place in Northern California. I think it was Mount Gilead. And... Uh, uh, one of the leaders whom I knew, he asked me, Daniel, would you like to receive the gift of speaking in tongues? And I just didn't know how to respond to that. Because for one thing, that church was not a charismatic church. My background is Southern Baptist. Okay, and actually, if, he had, if any of the top leaders heard him make that question, he would probably have been in big trouble. Because Southern Baptists, as you know, typically don't speak in tongues or encourage anybody to speak in tongues. But anyway, I was so, I was so unglued, and I just responded, yes, yes, let's, let's pray. And um, he started praying for me, and then he started praying in tongues. And I, I had no idea what was going on because it sounded so different. It's, it's, it's not intelligible, you know. And, uh, but within about a minute or so, I said, God, I believe that I receive it. And right after that, I started speaking in tongues. But the thing about it was, it was accompanied with such a joy in my heart. I can't describe to you what I felt. I mean, I felt like every fiber of my being was just ignited with joy. And I was just so joyful that I couldn't contain myself. And I just couldn't help but pray for the next, next hours or so, just praying in tongues and just praising God. And, and it just, yeah, I'll, I will never forget that, that occasion. But let me tell you something. 
That was 1986-87. Over 35 years have gone by. And I'd say in the first couple of years, I would pray in tongues kind of regularly. I mean, not regularly, but for a longer duration. But in the recent decades, I, I, I typically pray maybe one, two minutes of speaking in tongues. I'm not really benefiting. I mean, I know that tongues is really special, but I, I just never really, it never really made an impact on my life. In 2019, after my father passed away, something tremendous happened to me. And after my father passed away, somehow I had a renewed desire to pray in tongues for a longer duration of time. And very soon, I started praying in tongues for about 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. And actually, to this present day, from 2019 until this present morning, I typically pray maybe like two to three hours a day in tongues. Because it's that easy to do. It's that easy to do. But let me get back to 2019. One of the things that God really encouraged me was that I had this dream, and I am not a dreaming kind of person. I mean, sure, I daydream, but I'm not the kind of person that receives visions from the Lord and has dreams. But on this particular occasion, I did. I have had dreams in the past, but typically my dreams are one of warning. Warning that if you continue in this direction, you're going to be in big trouble. But it hasn't been like that recently, thank God. But this particular dream lasted just for a brief period of time while I was taking a nap for about three hours. But this dream was in color. And in this dream, it, it seems like I was in a restaurant. And then I was sitting down amongst other people. And as I was sitting down, the chair that I was sitting on began to shake violently. Like an earthquake. And I got out of my chair. In my dream, I saw myself getting out of my chair. And I was extending my hand out to the chair. And I started praying in tongues. And that was the extent of the dream. So after the dream, I knew that it had come from God. And I was asking the Lord, what is this dream all about? And I felt strongly that the Lord was telling me that, Daniel, there's going to be times when you don't know how to pray. Whether it is casting out demons, whether it's something that you, you just don't know how to pray. When you don't know how to pray, pray in tongues. So that was my takeaway from that dream. But God confirmed it again. About eight days later, while I was in the Seaside Hotel, back in 2019, it was such an incredible year. I wish I had more time to share with you. But in 2019, back then, I... I made a lot of personal retreats, and I would go to the Seaside Hotel. Now the name has changed. Ownership has changed. But I was in room 107 on a personal retreat. And as I was sleeping one night at 2.30 in the morning, all of a sudden I was awakened because the ceiling fan was rotating at high speed. And I couldn't figure that out. Like, what's going on here? I didn't turn on this fan. I was sleeping. 
I immediately grabbed for the remote, shut the thing off, and it went back on. And I grabbed the remote again, and I shut it off, and it turned back on. And then the next thing I did was extended my hand and prayed in tongues, and the fan stopped. So again, I felt like God was confirming to me that when you don't know how to pray, to pray in tongues. Because there's something about praying in tongues. Now, granted, I'm sure there are people here who, who, who have an amazing prayer life. I don't, I'm not one of those. You know, typically I can pray in English maybe for 20 minutes, and it's very difficult to pray consistently for a long duration of time. But I found that praying in tongues is so easy. I can be, you know, like on Saturday, my typical Saturday when I'm doing all my laundry and doing, going about my chores, I can pray in tongues for hours. It's just so simple because it doesn't require you to engage your mind. But anyway, through that experience, I realized the real benefit of being able to pray in tongues. Another thing that happened recently was After about two years, as I was thinking back at 2019 and all the things that God had allowed me to experience, I realized that I had not gotten sick in a long time. So I'm, I'm basically kind of weak, and I get sick like on the average. There hasn't been a year in my life when I have, haven't gotten sick. Usually one or two times with the common cold or with the flu. I usually have a bad cough. But I haven't gotten sick since the beginning of 2019. So I've been wondering, what is it? What have I been doing that I haven't gotten sick? And then I happened to stumble upon a YouTube video where in this YouTube video, I learned that there was someone, a doctor of psychiatry, who had done some research, and he found out that when you pray in tongues, that releases some hormone in your brain that increases your immune system by about 35 to 40 percent and immediately I had found my answer to how is it that I haven't been getting sick because since 2019 I've been typically praying for two three hours a day so I wouldn't want to really encourage you I mean I wouldn't want tongues because you want your immune system to be boosted up 35 40 percent but this is a real bonus but I want to encourage you you know, I could go on and on, but I just wanted to share with you those things. And personally, the reason that I, I really, you know, if there's one takeaway that I want you to take with you today is that you will earnestly, if you don't speak in tongues, that you will earnestly desire to speak in tongues. Seriously, that you will earnestly desire. It has so changed my life. And I tell you, I could stand up here for the next couple of hours sharing with you all these things that I've experienced. But I tell you, you can experience all these things and far more. But you must, you know, God is a respecter of persons. And unless you want this gift, you're not going to receive it. And it's so tremendous. But most importantly, it'll draw you close to Jesus. It'll enable you to have the power and victory in your life over sin. It'll allow you to live a holy life. It'll allow you to keep yourself fixated and focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
It's going to change you. It's going to transform you and take you to a higher level. Definitely, as Pastor Daniel was saying, it'll help to build you up to build your spiritual man. I just want to give praise and glory to Jesus. And I really pray that all of you will earnestly desire to speak in tongues. What I want to do, <laughs> okay, because um, Paul also says we don't speak in tongues in church. You know why? Unless there's interpretation, unless somebody's going to interpret that, because then people can't understand. And if everybody is speaking in tongues, he says, people are going to come in and think you're crazy. So that's why, you know, we, we don't. There's a lot of people who do in this church, and like Ignite the Night is one place you can. But... Because he said you have new people and they'll, they'll think you're crazy because, you know, nobody will understand what you're saying. But if you want to, I ask Daniel because he has the faith for it. If you want to speak in tongues, he'll pray for you after service. So i got to go off to Kalapana, but he'll pray for you. And, and he, he'll, he, then in that, that kind of setting, he can speak in tongues with you as you do that. Okay? But like I say, it's to build you up. It's for edifying yourself strengthening you in the spirit and in faith because you have that relationship with him going on. Like the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And I would think, how do you do that? Because I'm working, I'm doing stuff, my mind is focused. Well, that's how you can do that because it doesn't need your mind. And you can be praying and it builds you up spiritually in your soul and you see even physically. It's for your personal edification. That's why Paul is saying, I hope I want everybody to, why it strengthens you. And boy, do we need strengthening in this time, spiritually and physically, and in our soul with all the things you hear, all the negative stuff coming in all the time. You want to be in that presence of God all the time. And um, one more thing before we go into communion. Um, friend Jackie Pullinger um, if you look her up, she is internationally known in Hong Kong. She's taken people who have been um, addicted to... Um, she works with the, those Tong gangs in this place called the Walled City. You can look it up. And um, these guys, like from the time they're little kids, a lot of them, they are hooked on opium. And you talk to any counselor, getting them off opium and... Uh, the withdrawals can kill you, but they get people off without any withdrawal symptoms. But for the first three days, they have someone night and day praying over them in tongues and then encouraging them and having them speak in tongues, and they get off and they have no symptoms. I mean, it's so bad getting off of that, like I said, it can kill you. No symptoms. And I said, can you, I asked her, can you pray in English? And, well, they have shifts of like uh, maybe four hours, eight hour shifts of people praying all the time. She says, yeah. If you can pray in English for eight hours, good. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> Pullinger. Jackie Pullinger. You can look her up. Now, we were going to bring her to Hawaii just before the pandemic, and then we couldn't because of that. But we still want her to come. Just an amazing, amazing woman when you read about her life. But anyway, so 
just want to uh, encourage you, and if you were like me, seems like the smarter a person is, a lot of times their brain is used up, then um, harder to speak in tongues. But even some of my friends told me when I was younger, Danny, you get so much brains, you know, more common sense. <laughs> no more room for common sense. <laughs> yeah. I know all this stuff, but I couldn't even fix my house. Yeah. So, I, you know, the Spirit has taught me differently from my mind. And because I've done so many things, the most intelligent, thoughtful, I think I thought everything out and, you know, falls flat. But if I follow him, even though I don't understand everything and I don't have the abilities and I don't have the funds and I don't have anything, but if it's led by his spirit, always is so awesome. So I hope you guys all got your communion. I had the communion up here for me, but it's, um, Laura, can I take that one? Okay. Okay. This is another thing communion that people say okay jesus told us to do this in remembrance of him and we say why should we do it you know what does it do this is one of the things again jesus says do it we do it and we will be blessed so what i want to do is let's read this again again this is from the book of common prayer people have been praying this for centuries and that we would pray it together before we take the communion okay most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. And forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. So, as he took the bread, you got to have good fingers to open the top. And if people need help, help them. And um, to ask you to break that bread, because he said, this is my body that was broken for you. He chose to do that for us. That we might be set free. So we take the bread together, remembering what he did for us. And then he kept, took the cup and he said, this is... This is the blood of the new covenant, the new relationship he has with us through faith in him alone, not by our works, but our relationship with him in faith of what he's done for us. And he spilled his blood for us that that can happen. So we remember what you did for us, Lord, and we make that covenant with you, the new covenant, the new agreement that you have made with us because of your great mercy and grace and love for us, to die for us, just in case we'd come to you. Just in case 
how much love when we didn't love you just in case you took it all for us. So let's take the cup together. Okay, when the worship team come up and we'll end. So let's pray. Um, Father God, we thank you so much. It was your love to give up your only son. I have an only son, and would I... Boy, if I was like Mary, who knew that her son was destined to die and suffer for those who hated him, mocked him, for those who might not even accept him, that he would suffer so horribly, and I, I knew that, would I, how could I even live? Well, Father, thank you that you knew that and you gave him freely to us just on the chance we'll come because of your great love for us that you loved us so much you didn't want to be without us and you also loved us so much you gave us free will you could force us to do anything you wanted but you wanted children and you are love and love has to be freely given freely received and freely returned if we want so we want to return our love to you lord thank you for your great love for us that not only do you say that you will work all things for the good in this world no matter what people choose in this world and that goes on to the land and brings forth all kind of things like pandemics but you if we're choosing you you will work it all out for good and you've proven it to me over over 40 years of following you, you are faithful and true. And you never, never, your word doesn't return void ever. And so we thank you for that. And then in the world to come with you, with peace and joy and love that we can't even think or imagine on earth. It's so wonderful. And all that, I don't know why you love us so much. But we just thank you and we want to return, freely return that love to you. In Jesus' name, amen.